What are you doing out in the snow? It's 32 degrees below zero Celsius. And my dad is working hard, looking beyond the extents of hypothermia, hypochondria, and all the elements combined, he works to build a fence. A true servant, a true worker, a true exhibit of hard work and ethics. This is my father, in whom I am well pleased. Join the Dad Dow. Hey, it's me again. Does your job still suck? Are you still mad at your job and therefore life sucking? Then you should join the Bitcoin podcast Slack, where the people there don't suck, or at least their jobs don't. So, in essence, their lives don't either. Join the Slack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another one of the Bitcoin podcast interviews. Unfortunately, I can't show my video because I no longer have a studio in the process of moving into a home because I like to huddle plus. And, you know, you know, that's what we do here at the Bitcoin podcast. You know, do a little huddle, do a little plus. But today we're joined with Joe and Johad, co-founders of Atomize.xyz. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Joe, this is not your first rodeo on the Bitcoin podcast. You're actually a Bitcoin podcast super listener. Yep, yep. I still have one episode to catch up with, though. Okay, shame on you. Joe Hodder, Hodder, welcome to the Bitcoin podcast. This is your first time coming by. How you feeling? Thank you. Now, super excited. Super excited to chat about crypto and all the things. Good deal, man. So obviously crypto is uh it's definitely in the zeitgeist now, right? Like everybody, I mean Tom Brady's talking about this shit on the sidelines with his with his tight ends. He's like, hey, you know, did you get any doji coin? Because that's something that Tom Brady would say. You know, crypto is no longer just uh, isolated to the um, I don't know, what do you call early adopters? 
we were using the adoption curve terminology. Yeah. Are, are we moving into mass adoption? Is it official? Not sure. I think that's one of the things that we're trying to help people kind of onboard onto and make it easier for them to make it easier for people that are not as technically savvy or really crypto early adopters. We want to help that next group of people get on board. How do you delineate now? Because I most recently saw a clip. It kind of made me throw up in my mouth a little. Paris Hilton was on Jimmy Fallon and he was calling her a crypto expert, which made me want to, I don't know, throw my laptop across the room. And so are you going to be able to provide like a delineation between a Paris Hilton crypto expert and like a beginner who might like, you know what I mean? Like there's going to be levels of crypto expert, but not everybody needs to be an expert. Like you two are, could be arguably considered experts with how much time you spent, you know, developing in crypto. And so I guess what you're trying to say is that you're trying to make it easy for someone who's not an expert, somebody who's just a layman to just hop on in and be able to operate in this space. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think right now you've got a wide range of wide array of people that are really looking at crypto right now. You've got people that have been in since, you know, the Ethereum ICO or even the Bitcoin ICO. And then you've got people, not the Bitcoin ICO, but the Bitcoin launch. And then you've got people that are hopping in in the last year or so that are just new to crypto, but they're, and they're trying to figure it out. You know, they're trying to learn how to buy a token or the difference between a hardware wallet and a software wallet, um, you know, very basic things. And then there's different levels. Then you get up to the point where there are people that are doing DeFi and they're doing yield farming and LP farming and token swapping. And we want to help the people that are relatively new. They understand how to use crypto. They understand how to open up a wallet and then have custody of their own keys. We want to help those people use more of the services that are on the blockchain in a crypto native way. Yeah. And what I'll add to uh, Joe's point there is, you know, I think I think us uh, folks that are in the crypto space, we kind of like assume there's already this momentum that we're all writing. And I often find, and this is not, you know, quantitative whatsoever, but, you know, um, I remember I was recently at, at Barbershop and I started to talk about crypto with the gentleman that was that was cutting my hair. And um, he had actually never heard of crypto. I was like, you know, crypto, like Bitcoin. He was like, never heard of that. And I think there's there's a very strong, viable, latent uh, amount of potential and energy, creative and economic, um, out there that still wants to can come over to to the crypto side, and we want to facilitate a lot of those, let's say, creators uh, through our platform. Um, so yeah, it never it never ceases to amaze me like how how early we st- we still are. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it it surprises me too, especially just because it's just so, it feels like it's so niche, but it's not at the same time. Like I was saying, you know, Tom Brady's on these commercials all day, every day. Matt Damon, if I see his face one more time during the football game, I might just scream, you know, and it's like, you know, what's this crypto.com thing? Now I have people asking me about what's MCO token and you know, it's like it's weird. It's like it's like we're sitting perfectly in this space where it seems like it's everywhere and it's not. It's just it's not. Right. 
But I like that you you defined it, uh, Joe, like that specific person that you're that you're targeting. I had a question for you. I had somebody hit me up just recently and said, hey, if I wanted to, if I had a, a like a guitar, a rare guitar, how do I turn that into an NFT? And I was like, what? I, I mean, what? Like, I, I almost didn't understand the question. Yeah. Right. And would atomizer help with something like would atomize sorry not atomizer atomize help with something like that or what does atomize actually specifically make easy for like a newbie yeah so i would say you know at a high level what we're really trying to do is help somebody who probably knows how to use a computer at a base at a fairly basic level right they know how to like click and drag and drop and use the internet use the web browse around use something like google docs we want to make it effectively that simple so that, you know, I don't know what they wanted to do with the guitar. If they want to take a picture of the guitar or they want to record a riff on the guitar and upload that, we want to make it super simple for that person to be able to take their riff or take their guitar clip and then just upload it. And right now, you know, the main location that people are uploading stuff to is IPFS, but it could be IPFS, you know, maybe in the future we can use Rweave, but have them be able to really quickly interact with the blockchain and do it in a way where they don't have to understand solidity or any smart contract language. They just use it like they would use a regular user interface. But I think the key important thing is that we want to make sure that it's in a crypto native way, right? So we want that person, you know, your friend, if they want to upload their guitar picture, they are the ones that have custody of the picture. So it goes with them as they move around. Mm. So nice. can I ask this question? What difference, uh, what differentiates Atomize from a platform like OpenSea where people, you know, have the ability to, I, I guess, in a simplistic way, upload an image and turn it into an NFT? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, you know, with OpenSea, every, well, actually, I wouldn't say OpenSea, but every platform on crypto is effectively a view into the blockchain, right? So OpenSea, at its core level is a marketplace. Their goal is to help you trade your NFTs. Um, they also provide a viewer and a creator that you can create the NFT and then sell it on there. But really their main business is to help you make an NFT and then sell it to somebody else and then they take a cut. For us, we're looking at it in a little bit of a different way. Um, one of the things that we noticed as we kind of look at crypto space and crypto native ideas and projects, and this really started off with Bitcoin, is that when a project is created like Bitcoin, it started off at zero value. And what they did was they just made 50 Bitcoin every 10 minutes, right, for four years. And then they cut that in half and made Bitcoin every, or they made 25 Bitcoin every 10 minutes for another four years. And that dynamic of creating inflation and then incentivizing the community through paying out this inflation is a mechanic that we're going to employ, that we want to employ as we're building out our product. So OpenSea is great. It's a great marketplace. They take, they make their money by taxing you. Our vision is that we want to basically make money by paying you inflation. So if you use our platform instead of OpenSea, we're not going to ever charge any of our users, but we want to basically pay you in inflation to become a part of our community. So there's going to be some sort of Atomize governance token that everybody who mints some sort of NFT through Atomize gets when they create something through you guys? Yeah, we want to do something like that. We don't really have the dynamics fully worked out yet because uh, mm -hmm. we're still kind of thinking about that. But that's a that's a division that we're striving towards as we build out our platform.
Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I need I need to pay me with inflation. How does that how does that work? How do I get paid? I, I'm not paid with inflation now. I well, I, I work for USD, so maybe I am. But like, what what uh, what? How do I get paid by inflation? I need to understand that. I mean, if you look at a lot of the layer one chains right now, you know, you can see that dynamic. If you're an Ethereum miner, you buy a mining rig, you know, or a graphics card, and you spin it up. And every, you know, 12, every 14 seconds, the Ethereum blockchain mints out new, new Ethereum that gets paid to the miners, right? So the value of the Ethereum ecosystem, the total supply is going up as miners keep minting more blocks, right? And the miners are the ones that get paid to mint these blocks, which is, you know, the whole process of securing the network. The same thing happens in Bitcoin. The same thing happens in a lot of layer ones. That's how they sustain that economy. So what you can do is separate that mining process, you know, which is all the consensus stuff from the process of just getting paid for holding, right? So there are certain tokens where if you put your money into a contract, you just hold your contract, you hold your money in a contract for a certain amount of time, and it just gives you some more inflation or more reward. And you see this in a lot of the liquidity providing tokens and stuff like that, where if you hold your token, you get paid for holding the token. So we want to do some sort of mechanic like that, where you're incentivized to use our platform because we're going to give you a little bit of a reward on top for holding your coins with our with us, and then holding the coins that you um, that you're using with us, and then also um, using our platform to generate uh, to to basically interact with your community. Yeah, and I think what uh, Joe's touching on there is essentially proof of stake uh, versus proof of work. So essentially, we have, like Joe mentioned, a couple of these layer or most of these layer ones, and they spin up. Uh, ways of keeping the balance sheet honest, which generally requires energy. And the miners that are incentivized to keep that balance sheet honest are the ones that are, are getting paid the inflation. Conversely, in proof of stake, you lock the, the asset, and that inflation actually gets paid out to the folks blocking the asset, rather than it being a negative externality where you have to dump said uh, coin to pay for your energy bills, for example. Everything stays in the ecosystem, and rather than having it be a energy dream, it's much more um, leveraged by code and kept within the system. So let me ask you this. What's the difference between um, what you guys are doing and like a DAO that uh, incentivizes NFT creation and also NFT purchasing as a speculative investment? A DAO that incentivizes NFT creation and purchasing as a... So would this be something like like OpenSea? No. um, So... One of the DAOs is like uh, nouns.wtf. Mm-hmm. So that's a DAO that essentially uh, mints NFTs and using the proceeds kind of uses the proceeds as investment into other projects. And they can be NFTs or other types of projects. Um, there are also NFT DAOs where um, it's more in line with purely NFT creation and NFT purchases like Let's say they wanted a spot in this central land, then they could vote on it as a community and then invest that money into buying a plot and develop it. Okay, together. I see. Yeah, yeah. So our idea is to kind of make it easy for somebody to create something like that. 
So we would not necessarily be competing with that. We want to provide tools. So if you wanted to create any one of those types of DAOs, you could build that. Um, and effectively, if you look at a DAO, it's really a couple of things, right? In the case you were describing, you've got like your NFT DAO. Um, so maybe there's a treasury, right? So you need some way to kind of manage the money. You need a way to create NFTs. You may need a way to vote on things. And so those are all primitives, like cryptographic primitives uh-huh. on the smart contract chain. So we actually want to make it easy for you to create one of those if that's what you want to build. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily say we're competing with that. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe at an individual level, somebody might go on our platform and want to build something that competes with that. But we want to make it easy for somebody to recreate that exact same thing. What I'm seeing in the ecosystem is people are trying to do everything and they're trying to be that level above everybody else because they mm-hmm. want to be that level that captures all of the value beneath them. The thing is, like these DAOs are also creating those sorts of user-based NFT creation, essentially SPAs, single page you know, websites, mm-hmm. and they're doing just that. Mm-hmm. So it seems like everybody's trying to do everything. Like you have a DAO that is both an NFT marketplace, mm-hmm. maybe it has a DEX associated with it. Um, and then basically they're trying to aggregate all this value and keep it inside of the economy. But the problem is you have all sorts of problems like, um, essentially you have dead equity, right? Dead sweat. You have dead early investor equity in the form of, um, people, the 5% get in the project early, let's say. And then from then on, um, everybody kind of adds on. But then you're going to have the majority of people actually not doing anything, right? And just kind of adding on to that that pool of money. How do you incentivize people to re-engage after, let's say, the first airdrop of this governance award for your for your project? Yeah, um, yeah. I think you know there's definitely um, a trade-off, you know, that you're making when you have one of these early projects. Um, you know, you've got. You, you have to build the mechanism design in such a way that you don't give away so much of the project that it doesn't, it's not financially viable or it's not viable at all for somebody to come on later because everybody, like all the values already accrued to a very small concentrated group of people. And we, we're still working on the economics to balance that because it's a very delicate process. So yeah, we've seen projects where, you know, a small group of people get a high amount, concentrated amount of, you know, whatever the token is. And then it's, there's no more benefit for me as the 101st or 102nd person to come onto this project. And the project is basically uh, ossified in its space, right? There's nowhere for it to go. And so I think there's a very delicate balance. And we're still actually looking at how we want to um, build those mechanics. Right now, the way our project is set up is it's just open to anybody and we want to make it so that anybody can come to the website and build, you know, the, these basic tools, right? Uh, a token, a fungible token, a non-fungible token, a voting contract, maybe a Gnosis multi-sig, which acts as your treasury management and have these, and put these things together in kind of like Lego blocks. Um, so I think what you're asking about is a super important question, but we don't really have the answers to that right at this moment. Gotcha. Hmm. Can I show? Do you mind if later in the interview I show off a little atomize, like we put it up on the screen? And yeah, we can go to the, the main landing page. Two. Okay, we can do that. So I have some philosophical questions here. Like crypto, uh, crypto evolves so rapidly. You know, it it evolves faster than COVID does. I think. And so, I'm kidding. That's a, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have taken it there. We need to take this shit serious, guys. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. Sorry. 
uh, it evolves so rapidly, right? So how in this stage of its evolution did you guys define the problem that you're trying to solve? Like, did you guys sit down and just like, all right, let's put let's put everything on the whiteboard and then let's circle the problems that we see and we're going to we're going to attack that shit. Or, you know, how did you find the problem? Because obviously user friendliness, user experience is trash, right? There's no I mean, you see that a mile away, but you're trying to do more. So how did you get, get to that process and then just elucidate on the problem that you saw that you are solving? Yeah, I think um, I definitely want Johan to kind of touch on this as well. But I think the, we built a couple of projects together um, before this. And as we were kind of exploring the crypto space, one of the things that we realized is that a lot of people that are very interested in crypto, like I've spoken with a lot of my friends that are really high level, you know, they know how to go on Coinbase and buy a token. And they know how to go and like open up MetaMask and buy a coin or send money to their MetaMask wallet. But they don't really understand, you know, that key fundamental piece of building something on chain and then having that, you know, censorship resistant, zero counterparty risk thing that they've built on chain. And that's really what an NFT is effectively once you get to the core of it, right? You have this thing that you effectively own that you can't counterfeit. And so you basically have to give it to somebody or they have to steal it from you somehow tricking it for that for you to get rid of it. Um, and so we want to make it, we started talking to our friends and our friends were like, oh, I want to make an NFT of this, or I have this music, or I have these pictures, and I want to figure out how to upload them. And there are a bunch of good tools that allow you to do this, but there isn't really like that trusted website right now. You know, there's not really like a Google that everybody goes to to say like, this is the place where I go make an NFT. I mean, we've got stuff like OpenSea, but you know, that's more of like, a, I want to build this thing to sell it. It's not just, I want to put this thing up because I want to own it and hold on to it. And so we, you know, Johad, I think he has a good story of some of his friends, you know, cause Johad comes from a design background. And so he has a lot of friends. He went to a top design school in the United States. He has a lot of friends that are in design. And we just met up with a couple of them a few about a month ago. And they were telling us these stories about how they wanted to do that. I think Johan can touch on that. Too. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when we started Atomize, we, we started with a couple of ideas. And Atomize is actually a third mini pivot. We gave ourselves the grace to take an idea and do a little bit of uh, a change and then a little bit of another change. And we eventually landed in the, in the problem that we're trying to address. And like Joe mentioned, um, so many times, oftentimes, um, you would, we would speak to creators, creatives particularly, and they would have this brilliant idea of this thing they wanted to put on the blockchain because they hear through the grapevine said, this is the new thing. This is the thing that you want to be doing with uh, digital art or perhaps real art as well. And, you know, they don't really have a one-stop shop way of monetizing uh, that latent value. And like we mentioned, there are a couple of platforms out there that are just like all into, um, into NFT creation. But what Atomize does and aims to do is to leverage smart contracts at large. So currently our MVP features fungible tokens. So you can effectively create a coin on the platform as well as non-fungible tokens. And the next piece we're looking at are DAOs. So how to create your own communities and manage them yourself. And yeah, so uh, also like Joe mentioned, I'm the design side of the equation. He's uh, the engineering side of our, of our co-founding team. And 
uh, we were in LA and we were with a couple of friends of mine, um, a couple of, uh, footwear designers. I, uh, went to, uh, to school for traditional industrial design and I ended up taking the automotive route, which eventually led me to tech and eventually to crypto. But they're like, oh my gosh, like there are all these tools and there are all these things. And I don't even know slash don't want to know. It should not be this complex. It should be really simple for me to do this. And I, I have like all these tools and I have to keep track of all these things. And it's just, it leaves a lot to be desired from a user standpoint. And for us, uh, we, we feel we have the capacity and the skill set. Both of us are, you know, technical um, in, our, in our professions where we can bridge that gap between what is left to be desired with a good user experience. I like it. User experience has played crypto for a decade now. So if you guys can make that simpler, like that is a huge opportunity. Um, but let's let's dive into Atomize a little bit. I'm gonna see if I can toss this up on in the interview um real quick, just on the landing page. And we can uh show the users here, show the people watching what we're looking at. So uh, I think it's on the screen. Yeah, it is on the screen. Look at that. There, we're, we're good to go. So this is Atomize. This is y'all's landing page, yeah. Yep. And clean. And where? So I'm. I'm. A, it is, isn't it? Though. It, look at Johan. Johan, you can smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. He's like. He's like. Johan, did you do the uh, the image work stuff? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I nice. do uh, 3D as well as 2D uh, design work, so product and industrial design. So I know nice. all the 3D tools as well as Figma and all the other like UI tools. Nice, kind of a hybrid there. The modesty, the modesty is just seeping out of the screen. No, <laughs> you guys are really modest, by the way. If you got, if you guys spent some time in our Slack hashtag, join the Slack. And you would know Joe is a beast. Very, very modest. Yeah, very modest men here. So we got Atomize. Um, so I'm the user. I'm brand new to this. Right? Mm-hmm. Just like our audience. What button do I push first? I'm assuming I push the bright white button. That's, yeah, that's that's where we want to go. But there's also a bunch of content on the website that kind of explains what we're trying to build, right? So we've got our... You know, helps you build. Uh, we have a studio that we are we've just released. We're still doing a couple of tweaks to it to kind of fix it up, but um, it's functional. So you can go on there and mint an NFT or create a coin, and we want to make that super simple. Um, and then we also have a token viewer um, that allows you to kind of see what's in your wallet. Which there are lots of sites that do that, but we want to make sure that as we're helping you build the tools that you need to build, we want to make it simple for you to see, okay, I've just created this token or I've just created these NFTs. Now, maybe I want to airdrop them to a community, right? So if I make, you know, a 10, a 10 pack of NFTs for, you know, say my 10 friends, how do I really easily distribute this to those 10 friends? So that's kind of what that, that uh, dashboard is designed to show. That's pretty dope. And you could do it with any chain. Like you could just like with any chain, like, like say that is a scenario, like for example, I have this group of friends and this is getting into my personal life. So don't you guys record this shit? There's no, there's no security question answers in this story audience. I had a group of friends I've played video games with for like, I think two decades now. Yeah. Two decades. Jesus. I'm old. I played video games with you for two decades. Right. And now we've come up with this plan 
to go to go to um, one NFL playoff game a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we just want to all travel uh, the four of us and go to an NFL playoff game because why not? Right. It's 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 fucking dope. But we, I could like be I'm the friend. I'm the crypto guy, obviously. So I'm the guy that could like create an, an experience like, hey, these are our NFTs this year. This is our four or four this year. This is our four or four next year. Right. Every single time we go see a playoff game, we've got a different set. And I could use Atomize to do this. And I could do that with multiple chains. Yeah. So the the um, reason why we're looking at multiple chains is because we've seen, you know, people, the, the community is kind of fragmenting um, off of Ethereum as the gas prices are kind of getting really high. And so we're looking at other chains that also support the EVM. Um, just because right now that's we're a very small team, we don't really have the capacity to build on actual separate chains. So we're we started off with Ethereum, and then you can use the exact same contract that we deploy on Ethereum on all of the other EVM based chains. But the idea would be exactly that, right? If you if you want to build, you know, a contract or you want to build an NFT that's maybe and it's maybe a photo of you and your friends at the game that day, you could basically make you know, 10 of them or five of them, however many you're in your group, and then you can airdrop them to the group of friends that you've got. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. All right. But yeah, if we, if so, we scroll back up to the top, um, if you click on the, I'm not sure if the launch app button is actually linked up to the, uh, to the website yet, but I think we're going to have that up and running by Friday. Does it not go anywhere? Oh yeah, perfect. All right. So, so this is actually our DAP here. So the idea would be that you can pick from the chain that you want to select from, you can connect your wallet, and then once you're connected, it will show, you know, the it will show all the information in your wallet. So you can go through here, select your wallet, you know, select the chain. Um so you'd click I actually don't have a wallet on this web browser. This is just okay. Recording. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So you would connect to your wallet and then you can click on coins on the left hand side there. And then this would be the simple process of creating a token, right? So you would click, you know, type in whatever the token name is. Um, you type in your symbol. You set the, the decimal places, which we're, we're thinking about removing this to just make it simple. And then you would just set the supply. So how many of these you know, tokens do you want to create? And then you click mint and you pay the gas fees to mint it. And, you know, within with, with over the course of maybe... <laughs> Got a lot of got a lot of uh, um, least significant digits, and then um, you know over the course of like uh, <laughs> of um, maybe ten seconds, you could basically mint you know one of these with a very high fraction. Nice. So one to the fifty third decimal place. I don't really know what that number is, but I like it. It's like is is easy. I like. It. I mean, it's still one, right? Because the desk you just have fifty three points of resolution on the uh, on that number. Ah, okay. So then I need to make this two. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm messing with you. This is a pretty slick and sleek setup. This is uh okay. I yeah. like NFTs are equally as easy if you scroll down to uh, NFTs. Same yeah. same deal. You can add a name, a brief description, drag and drop it, and hit mint, and then it's you, you confirm on your wallet, and it's good to go. And literally in under like fifteen seconds. Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good file size. You can put in there too. 
yeah, it's it's gonna get minted and uh, and added to IPFS, so get pinned on IPFS. So there's a limit to what you could put on IPFS, but you know you could this could be an audio track, this could be a 3D animation, this could be an image, this could be a GIF, it could be a bunch of stuff. So I am so excited because I literally have a user for you. He just hit me up last week. He said, "Hey." I got this crazy expensive rare guitar. I want to make sure that people know I own it. How do I yep. turn that into an NFT really easy? And I was like, uh, take pictures and go to the Avalanche. Well, I don't know, bro, figure out Google. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I was, this, is, this is really easy. I could send him here. Yeah. And he could put proof of ownership. No, I'm, yeah, he could put proof of ownership of that on whatever chain that he wanted. Yeah. So. And that type of interaction is the interaction that we usually get from a lot of people. Um, you know, they're like, oh, how do I, you know, fill in the blank of XYZ thing, you know, put this on chain, or how do I interact with this uh, DAO, or how do I create a DAO? That's a question that we've actually heard a lot of. Um, or how do I do an airdrop? Or how do I do whatever? We hear a lot of those questions. Um, and so, you know, the idea is that your friend would be able to go on here, click a couple of buttons, have their NFT minted, and then they would be on their way. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, we could step back and like almost imagine if you wanted to do your yearly kind of event with with your friends, uh, you could go to the NFT tab, create your own NFTs, maybe a set of ten, and then the next thing we're aiming to do would be the DAO, and you could actually manage that NFT uh, interaction within your own own small community of the folks that you're you're uh, inviting to that particular DAO. And everything can be comprised in a one-stop shop in the Atomize experience. So that could be like your yearly, you know, re-engagement of you and your friends, uh, football games, and you you could assign slash like airdrop uh, NFTs for a particular uh, season. That's pretty dope. So I'm looking over here on the sidebar. I see plenty of room for new icons to play with. What's what's up with future growth? I see some. Scalability room in this sidebar for you here, Joel. Yep, for sure. What was on the docket, man? Give us some. Don't drop any alpha. Don't drop any alpha. No, I'm just okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is definitely the next one. The community is definitely one we have to look into, do well, and once we figure out how to do it well, present it to the to to the public. So I would say that would be the third tranche we're looking into. What was it? I think it kind of broke up a little bit when you were saying. I mentioned DAOs and community DAOs, management. Okay. So when we figure out how to do that properly and in a very user-friendly way, very simple to do, uh, that will be the next tranche we're going to focus on. This is nice. This is sleek. Like This is something that I've been like, I don't know. Well, I know why, right? When you get a new tech and usually the first people in the new tech, you know, the first person using the microwave wasn't somebody who wanted to make it look nice. Definitely wasn't you know, somebody at Sunbeam or whoever makes microwaves. It was probably, you know, Dr. Richards Jobowski. And he was like, look at that big ass box over there. That's going to cook my chicken filet tonight. You know, and so it's like we're co- it, we've been in this world of really bad user experience and user interface for so long. I'm glad that, you know, the space is evolving this way to like, this is simple, man. I would feel totally comfortable Sending somebody here and it's like, you know, hey, go to atomize.xyz and I'm pretty sure you can figure it out from there. Like, and then I'm hands off. Like, I no longer have to be crypto tech support for all of my friends. It's just like, 
<laughs> like, just go there, do it. Absolutely. So that's pretty. That's pretty absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the cool things is, if you just want to play around with this, you could actually just test it on Rinkaby. Um, it's not a drop down in there, but you can go on a test network and you know get some test net coins. And that way, if you don't want to actually burn any of your real Ethereum, it's not listed there. You would have to connect to Rinkaby manually. Um, but if you select Rinkaby from your wallet, it will let you interact with this thing, uh, interact with the website and do everything on a test net. Yeah. And as we launch our MVP, we'll also have a couple of articles on uh, how-tos for Rinkaby and for minting a token and an NFT. Uh, a fungible token and a non-fungible token. So uh, a little bit more content uh, there to help guide the community. But uh, yeah, you can definitely also effectively, like if you don't, if you wanted to mint something on Ethereum without spending actual like mainnet ETH, you could, you could, you could do it on, on Rinkaby. Mm-hmm. So I have a, I have, I have so many questions about this project. Um, Let them ride. That's why they're here. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask this question, which is um, in terms of the, um in terms of who manages the escrow account or like where it where the nfts are minted from do you guys just pass on that i guess management to the user who mints it yep yeah so we don't own anything so if you minted the nft it's in your wallet you own it if you mint the token it's in your wallet you own it if you if you create the multi-sig for the dow for the treasury you're one of you're the signer plus all the other signers. We don't actually own anything. So the idea is we want to stay true to the crypto, which is you own your stuff. Interesting. Hmm. I want to buy shares of this. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But somebody else who's listening won't be. So be prepared <laughs> to answer. Be prepared to answer those questions. Okay, that's all. I'm I really love the dark mode though as a default. I, I was I was so happy to see that. I was like, thank God. <laughs> I yeah, think it, it defaults to whatever your browser and your computer are set to. So ah. if you're in light mode, it should, oh, gotcha. it should default to light mode. But yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, I know. I get down with that dark mode then. That's how I roll. For sure. Okay. Thank you. Who I don't know who you, whoever uses light mode. I don't. <laughs> can't trust i can't trust you it's like what what are you doing yeah what's wrong with your eyes mm-hmm. okay anyways mm-hmm. let's jesse more questions more questions i i think my questions have to do with like how this thing works on the on the underneath more than mm-hmm. like on the top um squeeze squeeze it let's get the juice how hard am i supposed to squeeze though <laughs> there's, our there's show. still a lot they're unknown they're yeah, ready for I, it look they know what's yeah. up <laughs> I think the questions that I really have questions about are the stuff that they're thinking about right now, you know, and the stuff that they probably don't want to talk about on the show, you know. How do you know unless you ask? They can always say, hey, we plead the fifth. Hey, we plead the fifth. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I, I don't know. Um, So like on on Rinkaby, like how much does it cost to mint? I guess where are the stress points in terms of like a user? Because if I'm a if I'm a normal person who comes to this website and I want to mint an NFT. Um, I, I assume you guys are going to have some sort of route where they can pay it with a credit card and they can buy ETH on the fly and mint their NFT on the fly so that essentially they don't have to go to Coinbase, buy Ethereum, and then basically load it into a MetaMask wallet because that's probably already expecting too much from a layperson, right? You want this to be fast and simple. So you're going the credit card route, probably, I, I would think. Yeah, we actually, you know, for our MVP, we've yeah. been thinking about how to onboard people. 
Um, right now, we're you know we are still targeting people that already understand a little bit about um, Web three, a little bit about crypto, a little bit about okay. Ethereum. But I do think that's a great suggestion, right? Is making that onboarding process extremely seamless so that mm-hmm. you can take somebody from you know no wallet, no account to like onboarding them quickly and getting them launched on the platform. I mean, there, there are a lot of sites that actually make it super easy for people to onboard onto crypto without having to have a wallet. Um, mm-hmm. But we, we haven't really gotten that far yet. You know, we've only been working on this for about a month and a half or so. So we still have a lot of work to do, but I think that's a great suggestion. So in terms of like fees, are the, what, are the, what are the most costly projects to mint? Like what are the factors that drive up the, the Ethereum gas costs? So there's actually a, a document that kind of specifies what each command costs. Um, NFTs are actually pretty expensive to mint because you're paying, there's a fee, I think it's like 0.15 ETH is about the gas that it costs. And so whatever the cost of that native token is, is what it's, it's going to cost you 0.15 of whatever that is. So if it's ETH, it's going to cost you, you know, a couple hundred bucks. If it's, you know, something that's a lot cheaper, like XDI, it's going to cost you pennies, right? So depending on whatever chain you're on, that really kind of determines how much it's going to cost you to mint the mint the NFT and kind of set that value. Um, and then, you know, if you want to store something on IPFS, that's also relatively expensive because you're mm-hmm. effectively pre-purchasing storage to hold this item. Um, so mm-hmm. that's also pretty costly. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's still, you're still have um, full custody and full ownership of whatever you're putting on. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's also really user dependent which chain they might want to use, which is why we're giving folks the ability to have multi-chain operability, right? If there's always trade-offs. If you want the largest user base, and let's say your use case is, hey, I want to mint an NFT because I'm an artist and I want to go to a marketplace, list it and sell it and potentially make some income. Um, and I need the broadest user base, well, Ethereum might be the one you want to go to because most of the users are in Ethereum. However, if you're you're saying, okay, I'm not willing to mint an NFT for X amount of you know fiat money prior to actually paying the gas, I have to do it from the start. Why don't I try Avalanche? A little bit less users, lower fees. You know, this could be more my speed. Or perhaps you're an Ethereum maximalist and you want to absolutely target that that audience. You can also use that as well. So um, there are trade-offs which which chain you want to use for a particular you know use case. Perhaps mm-hmm. the football uh, you know yearly getting together with your friends use case might not need the most expensive chain, um, but that's why we're we're kind of focusing on this and really betting on this multi-chain world and offering uh, an alternative alternative for each uh, person's use case. Hmm. Have you guys like? I guess in the in the details of when something gets minted and stored on IPFS, have you guys like, is it in like the terms of service that says like, you know, some like if your data doesn't get accessed, you know, every so often, essentially it gets pruned from the network. Like, how do you guys deal with that sort of issue? Or are you not going to kick that can? Um, you know, we, we know that that's obviously a challenge. You know, the stuff is not permanent and you have to kind of refresh it and, you know, keep it, keep accessing the data. Um, we haven't really come across that yet. We're still in, in beta, like almost like a private beta. So you can use this thing and build stuff, but we're still working on that. But yeah, that's something that we're going to have to figure out how to address um, is, you know, once you pin your thing in IPFS, how do you make sure that it doesn't go away and make sure that the user has some sort of, 
you know, some sort of way to remember like, hey, you need to access this thing or it's going gonna, it's gonna to get pruned. What type of infrastructure are you guys looking at, like beyond the DAP stuff to support, you know, um, I guess potentially this, this storage of an NF, of the, of the media associated with the token? Are you guys looking at that at all or basically just, you know, uh, another, another problem to be solved in the future? Yeah, right now, from an infrastructure standpoint, we've kind of used, we're using a platform that kind of handles a lot of that stuff for us. So there's a popular platform called Pinata, and they kind of mm-hmm. handle a lot yep. of the NFT management for us. Um, our goal, though, is to eventually be able to kind of vertically integrate all those solutions, right? Because a lot of these platforms, they work with like a specific chain or whatever, and we want to have the flexibility to support um, a bunch more stuff than we support right now. So right now, we're just using a third-party service just to kind of bootstrap this and show people what our idea is. But eventually... Mm-hmm. We want to run our own nodes on all these chains. We want to have our own infrastructure and hire like you know DevOps people, backend system engineers, and that whole stack to be able to run this ourselves. Um, so we we are offloading a lot of that responsibility just to basically bootstrap and build our MVP. But mm-hmm. eventually, you know, we'll have more concrete answers when we have to design this stuff ourselves. Sounds good. And then the uh, the DAOs, uh, you guys have like. I don't know if, if this is like too alpha but do you guys have like any uh, plans on how you will set up the smart contracts associated with DAO creation so that they're more than just a multi-sig treasury? We're still looking at that. Um, I've been talking to a bunch of people in the you know crypto space and developers, um, you know, from developers that are at you know like all these all these development all these software engineering firms, and we're still looking at how to do that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mo- most of what we've seen um, from a treasury management perspective is effectively a multi-sig. So that kind of covers like 95% of the cases. But, you know, we realize that there may be something else. Um, and we kind of have to come through a couple of contracts to see what's available. But there may be something else that you want that's more um, more granular, more nuanced, or a better way to manage everything. Mm-hmm. So we still need to look into that. But... Um, we're obviously open to suggestions. You know, if you want to hit us up and you're like, hey, I think this contract would work better or this is a you know, different approach, we're obviously open to suggestions. Because we can we're just we're just compiling the contracts and then our our real secret sauce is that we're designing this user interface that makes it super mm-hmm. easy for you to use that contract. And then we're gonna handle the compilation, the deployment, and all that stuff for you. So yeah, Joe Hod's the secret weapon on to, in terms of the user experience. That's yeah, right. I can see that, yeah. For that first bit. And then, uh, then the smart contract, which is going to be later, but yeah, <laughs> at least onboarding you folks. Gotcha. Nice. Well, we're going to, we're going to ask you guys our trademark questions here. And then it's, it's really hard to ask like the, the original trademark question though, Jesse, cause crypto is just blossomed, you know, it's fragmenting so and expanding. Yeah, it is. Which is interesting because if you go back to what Satoshi was talking about, this level of fragmentation was a red flag for him. But it's seeming as if this level of fragmentation is not a red flag at all when you look at how robust things are becoming. So I don't know. We're in, we're in new, new waters. We're charting new waters. But uh, Jesse, I'll let you ask your question first. So I already kind of know the answer, but I'm going to ask you guys anyway. Feel free to take this however you want. Is what you guys do actually hard? And then Joe and then Joe Hod, you guys can answer individually. Go ahead, Joe Hod. 
Oh, um, yes, I yeah, for sure. It's um, it's really interesting. Uh, crypto is a rabbit hole, and I've never seen anybody crawl out of it. It's just this 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 kind of rabbit hole that you go into, and you you go deeper and deeper and deeper. And also, once you go so deep into one particular tranche of your of of whatever you're into in, in the crypto space, you kind of miss out on this whole other universe. Like we're we're talking a, a multiverse essentially of different chains. You know, if you're if you're really deep down in Ethereum, you might not know what's going on in Avalanche mm-hmm. and vice versa, for example. So accumulating the needs of all of these uh, of, of this latent user base from a creative standpoint, from an economic standpoint. And making an experience that is both tangible as well as not intimidating and also trustworthy because we're, you know, cryptocurrency is dealing with folks' fiat, at least from the start, right? So this is mm-hmm. a, this is a serious thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're 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 minting NFTs, which have this really fun kind of you know playful edge to them, but at the end of the day, this is a very serious industry. Um, so gathering all those requirements and making them super easy to engage with so that you can bring on more of a user base that's tricky and we we haven't solved it but that's why that's why we're in it it's an exciting field and there's a lot lots to be solved so awesome joe i think it's super easy cakewalk <laughs> you know from from all the people no, i'm just I've kidding to, joe, um, what? <laughs> you you have literally the the one of the best abilities out of all the people that I've talked to to keep your head above enough to survey the entire landscape. And so to what Johad was saying, how difficult it is to not essentially pigeonhole yourself in any one blockchain, like props to you before you even give your answer on your ability to just kind of like poke your head up and, and see what's around you. So. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's, it's really difficult because there's a lot of stuff that's going on. You know, um, you have to really be multidisciplinary. You have to learn a lot of stuff. You know, I didn't really have any economics background before I came into crypto outside of like buy low, sell high, which is like the exact opposite of everything I've done in my whole life. I was buy high, sell low. Um, and so you have to get this economics background. You need a philosophy background. You need an engineering background. You need a cryptography background. You basically need to combine almost every discipline, you know, that's that exists into this one field. And it's a lot of work to kind of wrap all that stuff up and have a really cogent thesis saying, you know, this is what crypto is about. Um, and so it's a lot. It's 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 difficult to manage all that stuff. But I will also say that. As somebody who sees themselves as a lifelong learner, you know, this is like the perfect place for me, right? Because there's an infinite amount of stuff that I can learn about, 100%. you know, all of these different areas that all really merge into define what crypto is. Awesome. Great answer. Very right. good answers. I think the fact that you do have to be that multidisciplinary states to just how early things are still. Right. Like I, I know people from all I know people who are doctors that are worth the same amount of people who didn't pass middle school. Right. When it and when it comes to the system of the U.S. and it's like, OK, well, that's got to be a really good system. Then if somebody who is a friggin medical doctor is worth millions and then this other dude I know who can barely write is also worth millions. 
right? That means they're both using the same system to benefit greatly from. And that's that's a very large and thing topic. I just kind of opened the Pandora's box to, so I'm gonna close that shit right back up and just ask this ask this trademark question. And that is in 10 words or less, can you describe blockchain? Yeah, I'll go first. So censorship resistant, zero counterparty risk value. Censorship resistant. <laughs> it sounds like you've been preparing for that one. Six. Six. That's less than 10. Congratulations. That's Congrats. awesome. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Who's got, Joe? Such a good job. <laughs> Let's see. Huh. Number go up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. Yeah. When Ambo. <laughs> he said, "When Joe goes high, I go low." When, 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 when. That's good, man. Uh, saying stuff like that is giving a lot of people hope nowadays. Some people thought that they were gonna make it out of that Mickey D's job on their on their sheep token bet. And let me tell you something: they are awkwardly calling their old supervisor right now. Yeah. Um, how is she doing? Is she doing good? Doing bad? <laughs> doing right now? Probably not too good. Probably not, doing Probably good. not too good. I had, I had for the very first time since I've started in crypto, I had one of the the first heartfelt, like, I think I put too much money in this. I'm really starting to be emotionally affected by what's going on in the market. Please tell me something like basically like lifeline. He was looking for a lifeline text of like, but there was nothing I could say. I was like, you're in the suck now. And that's what I texted him back. So I hope he didn't do anything too irrational. Like I'm hoping I hear from him sooner rather than later. But Yeah. So that's just a word of advice to you guys listening slash watching. Uh, yeah, don't invest more than you can stand or lose, okay? Uh, that's just a general tip in life, you know, because sure. I can't handle too many, hey, I think uh, I'm looking at this bridge's height text. Like, you're thinking about jumping <laughs> off of that shit. Please don't. I can't handle that shit anymore. All right, just listen to our show and HODL Plus. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Anyways, Joe, Joe, thank you for coming on the show. I really yeah. like that. I like that. Although slow, we're at a point in this space where I can actually present something that's that's finished. Like you guys have finished things working, and that's great. Because back in 2017, it was like, yeah, man, we're totally gonna tokenize, uh, you know, Yokohama tires, and it's gonna be the best thing ever. And we were like, what? What are you, gonna, what are you trying to do? That's not, <laughs> so. It's yeah. great. You guys have a product. You got something moving. Oh, oh, you know what? I'll ask that question next time after you guys have all those investor meetings that you're about to have. No, I'm kidding. I know you are. I'm kidding, but I'm not. You guys are doing something awesome there. So anyways, do you guys have anything left that you'd like to, to say to the audience? I just want to say thanks for having us on and um, definitely look forward to coming back once we make a couple more progress steps. And I think you guys had some great ideas. So thanks for having us on. 
Yeah, yeah we no. thoroughly enjoyed our chat and yeah, hope to speak again soon. Thank you. Nice. After all, if you're not in the Slack, join up. Everyone that is atomized.xyz. Go check it out. Mint some things, have some fun, and then pop in the Slack. Tell us how it went. Be pretty dope. Cool. Awesome. Thank you.